to a degree in sports, your home for college football and college basketball. My name's Cole, and I'm here by myself today. Yup, it is just me. Jeff is busy uh, this evening. This is on Wednesday, February 7th. He's flying in to, uh, to come see me tomorrow. So we had some things he had to take care of tonight, and we couldn't record tomorrow um, because he is going to be uh, here in, in Scottsdale, Arizona, where... Uh, for those of you you golf fans out there, we're going to the Waste Management Phoenix Open tomorrow. So, or not tomorrow, Saturday. Um, and that is going to be, I mean, for those of you who know, it's It's called the People's Open. It is the most uh, fun tournament, I would say, uh, in golf, uh, excluding the majors. So that's going to be a good time. And, and you know, it's going to be good to, good to have my great mate, Jeff Tate, out here. Um, and yeah, and, and obviously there's plenty of college basketball on this weekend as well that we'll be able to watch together and and you know what? That's that's what being a fan is is all about. Um, being able to just watch sports with your friends. Um, that's part of the joy is doing it with other people. I mean, games are fun to watch together, but they're alone. But they're a lot more fun to watch around people, and then likewise, a lot more fun to watch. That's why stadiums and, and, and going to games in person is so great because you are whether it's the big house where you're a hundred thousand people all together watching a game, or you're going to a uh, St. Joseph's game where it's maybe 2,000 people. Um, it's fun when you're all collectively rooting for something. So, so yeah, I'm excited for Jeff to be out here. But, yeah, let's get into the show. We have lots of college football. We have lots of college basketball this weekend. Or uh, that news had broke since the last time we have, uh, I guess, had a podcast. I know I wasn't in on the last one. Um, so we're going to start, we're going to really dive into college basketball and then sort of the week that was uh, since our last episode. Um, and then we're going to finish with just a little bit of uh, college football, um, just some, some news that has, has broken uh, in recent days. So, I mean, let's get into basketball. Last weekend, starting on, I mean, starting as, as back as far back as Thursday, we had uh, some great, great basketball. Um, and it was, it was one of those weekends, those regular season weekends where you are just reminded why the sport's so great. And it's honestly, I feel like there's annually a weekend before March Madness that gets all the people. It's like a transition weekend of great basketball that gets all the people who were locked in on college football. And now they have a hangover, um, from college football. Like, yeah, I want to watch basketball, but I'm still like, I just miss college football. Um, there's a weekend that kind of, that bridges the gap, um, of great ball in it. And it reminds you, okay, yep, it is time for basketball. And I just, I do love this sport. Um, and I think that's what, uh, this past weekend was in college basketball. Um, I, on Thursday night, I watched, um, Kansas or Wisconsin versus Nebraska. Um, and that was an incredible game in overtime. Nebraska is an amazing team at home. I mean, it's, it is it is stupid how often they went at home um, and just the star powered teams that they bring down at home. I mean, think about it. they beat Wisconsin, uh, the number six team at the country at the time, and Purdue, who was I think number one at the time at home. I mean, they beat Michigan State. I mean, everyone loses to Nebraska at home, so really nothing to panic about if you're Wisconsin. But that was in a phenomenal game. And then you go to Saturday and look. I just want to talk about Kansas for a second. If if we had recorded this episode right after, um, right after the Kansas-Houston game, we would be talking, Kansas has it. Kansas is back. Kansas is good. They figured it out. Because, um, look, I think Houston is an unbelievable program, unbelievable team this year, and I think that they have a great shot to go far this year. I think they will go very, very far. I think Houston is, 
is a great team. But it's always tough to win a road game. And Wisconsin, or, or sorry, when, when Kansas dominated Houston um, almost from start to finish. I mean, they were up 43 to 28 at halftime. Um, Houston kind of, they kind of tied. Um, Houston t- only won by two in the second half, but Kansas ends up winning by 13 points. I mean, they, they looked phenomenal um, against Houston. But we didn't record this right after the weekend was over. We didn't record this right after the Kansas-Houston game. And if you are, if you have followed Kansas at all this year, I think the past four days, five days, were, are just a microcosm of what Kansas basketball is this year. They are so, so talented, but they're not deep. They are very, very inconsistent. They're going to lose games they shouldn't lose, and they're going to win games that they also they can play with anyone. They, they're going to beat the best teams in the country. They're going to lose to some not very good teams. They are The talent on that roster is unbelievable, and they're, uh, the sky is the limit for this team. But they're also a team that can get knocked out very, very early. And, and then we, we saw that as they played Kansas State. I mean, this team is riding higher than ever after beating Houston, um, one of the best teams in the country. And they go and play Kansas State, and they lose in overtime. It's like this team is incapable of being consistently dominant. Um, and I don't want to say incapable, but they've proven nothing to me to this year. Nothing says that they can be consistently good and dominant this year. Um, and that is going to really show a lot um, come tournament time when you do have to be consistently dominant for um, what, eight, six, six, eight games in a row. Um and that's just not easy. So um, you're going to see, if you're just going to place your money right now, you're going to see a very different Kansas team um, game to game. And that does not bode well for the tournament. It just doesn't. Obviously, you can see teams put it together and go on a run. And, and Kansas is more than capable of doing that. They are more than capable of winning a national title. But, I mean, I don't I don't see it right now with their consistency. I mean, they like I said, they can beat some of the best teams in the country, but they can also lose to some... Uh, some lower seeds or um, some worse seeds very, very quickly. So this weekend was just a microcosm of Kansas basketball. Um, and it really says a lot. We're still, I think, waiting on that Kansas uh, run in the Big 12 um, to to really just do what they've done in the past and come around and win, win the Big 12. But the Big 12 is deeper than it's ever been. Houston is an unbelievably, unbelievably talented team, um, and they are going to – have their say uh, in who wins the Big 12. I think you will have to um, at least recognize um, the teams like Baylor, Iowa State, um, just to name a few, uh, TCU, who is still firmly in the mix, Texas Tech, firmly in the mix still. So, look, this is an unbelievably challenging conference, and I don't think this Kansas team, in an unbelievably challenging conference, can be consistent enough to win this conference. I think a team like Houston can. Um, I think Baylor can because they've proven they can in the past. And, and this team, I know Kansas has as well, but Kansas has shown their inconsistencies. Um, Iowa State. Iowa State and Baylor this last weekend played maybe the most fun game of basketball uh, that I've seen this year. It was just an incredible up-and-down um 
just a great, great game of basketball. And was, like I said, there were so many games like that this weekend that made just reminded you why basketball is so, so great and why um, we are fans of this sport. Um, but the Baylor-Iowa State game to me was the best game. Um, Baylor wins by two. Baylor was at home, which actually says a lot because I think Iowa State is the Nebraska of the Big 12. But look, before you say anything, the Big 12 is a better conference than the Big Ten. So if Iowa State is the Nebraska of the Big 12 and they're in the Big 12, which is better than the Big Ten, that means Iowa State is better than Nebraska. So just to make that very, very clear, Iowa State better than Nebraska, but they have very similar um, they're a better version of Nebraska, and they have, but they they're very similar. They win every single home game. Incredibly, incredibly tough place to play, uh, and they are a frisky team. Um, they are 14 in the country right now, and look, this is a team. It's I mean, losing close to Baylor on the road is nothing um, to to be upset about. Obviously, they want they wanted to win this weekend, but look, they turned around and and they beat Texas this weekend, and that was at Texas, um, not this weekend, this was uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, or yeah, it's Tuesday. They beat Texas at Texas, and, and that's, Iowa State is proving that they can win on the road, and this is a very, very good Iowa State team, like I said, um, and, and there, this is a team that I think truly does have um, the potential to make a deep run. Um, I think they are built to... Um, to win a few games in the tournament and and who knows if they get hot and they they could also be a team that goes anywhere um and so yeah that was from the big 12 point of view uh i thought it was an amazing weekend for them uh in college basketball a lot of great games and, and honestly every night there's a big 12 game it's fun it is it is just i mean houston baylor iowa state kansas tcu texas tech oklahoma K- kansas state um byu those i mean texas like these are all just very, very good teams, probably tournament teams. Um, UCF has been pretty dang good. Um, I, I just, I think this is, without a doubt, and I think it was proven this weekend, the best conference without a doubt, and it was it was fun to watch. It was it was a great weekend. Um, but look, that wasn't the only game, um, even close to the only games that happened on Saturday. North Carolina beats Duke at home. Um, that was a, it felt, it felt right. It felt like college basketball. Um, and it just felt different. I mean, Duke, North Carolina is the best rivalry in college basketball. Um, and it just, it felt like college basketball again. And, and if anything, I think it's, I think it's the first non Roy Williams versus coach K, um, where either of them have been a part of the first one that we haven't had them where it felt like a Duke North Carolina basketball game, um, I think it lost a little bit of its uh, luster, um, especially with the teams being not as good. Um, the year was without Roy Williams uh, and Coach K. And I think this was the first year it finally felt like uh, this was a Duke versus North Carolina basketball game, and and it was it was a great game. North Carolina pretty much held uh, the lead for for the, for most of it, and they never really. They always felt like they were the team that was going to win. Duke kept it close. Um, but or close enough, but North Carolina just with a very, very, um, dominating and kind of making a statement well, with that win over their rival Duke. Um, and, and 
I think the difference between these two teams are um, is just North Carolina seems to have an identity uh, with Baycott, R.J. Davis, like it's the, the young with the with, with the old guys, and it's it they have an identity, and I think Duke is really missing that identity. Um, and I think you can really see when teams have an identity when. When you get into high pressure games, it's you have something to lean on and lean in your comfort. Where I don't think Duke necessarily has that, and I think that's a big reason North Carolina is able to win that big game. Um, another reason, obviously, them being at home. But North Carolina plays again, played again Tuesday night against Clemson, and boy did Clemson get the win that they were needing bad. They were, Clemson had started out very hot this season and since then has really fallen off and they've been looking for a big win. They've been needing uh, a big win and they've been close a few times this year to getting that win to get them maybe back on track and they finally got that big one against North Carolina and I mean they don't come any bigger than that. The team that just beat Duke, number three team in the country at North Carolina too on the road for Clemson. Huge, huge win for them. I mean, P.J. Hall is a very, very good player. He can be a, a, a game wrecker um, in the tournament um, if if Clemson does make it. I know they fell off a lot. They're 15-7. and seven. They have a lot of work to do to get, especially in a soft ACC. Um, and, they're, yeah, they're firmly on the bubble, and they, they have to fight to, for their spot in the tournament. But I think that was kind of a must-win game for them down the stretch. I mean, they don't play very many good teams down the stretch. It's it's Syracuse, Miami, NC State, Georgia Tech, Florida State, Pitt, Notre Dame, Syracuse, Wake Forest. I mean, you you really can't lose any of those of those games. Like these are you can't lose a lot of them at least. Obviously, you can you can bear a few, but you really don't want to lose that. That's that's a bad loss on your resume. And a lot of those games are at home. Um so Clemson got the win that they needed, um, their statement win that will really boost their resume, um, a quad one road win, and that's that's huge for them. Wisconsin had a tough week. Wisconsin had a tough week. I mentioned earlier Wisconsin-Nebraska on Thursday, which was a great game. Um, and you know what? Wisconsin had a brutal schedule. They had a brutal, brutal schedule. They had to play... Purdue on Sunday. And look, Wisconsin had a giant lead on Nebraska. Um, and when that when that building gets rocking at Nebraska and those fans, they start to go on a run. You can feel the momentum shifting. Um, Nebraska had everything going from there. They were locking down on defense. And, and it was an amazing comeback. I think Wisconsin was 120-0 and 0 when leading in the second half by 15 or more points. Um, and now they're 120-1 and 1, uh, with that amazing comeback Nebraska had. But... Then came Saturday. So heartbreaking loss to Nebraska, one that hurts Wisconsin for sure. And now you have to play Purdue um, or on Sunday. You have to play Purdue. And that's a – look, Purdue's amazing. Purdue is a great, great team. Um, but you look, you get, them, you get them at home. You get them at the Kohl Center. Um, and Wisconsin put up a very admirable fight, a fight that honestly felt like a win to me, given how good Purdue's been playing and and how Wisconsin had just lost to Nebraska. That was um, that showed me that this Wisconsin team has a lot of fight. Purdue also gets a huge win after skating by Northwestern last week, um, which honestly is a very big statement win to me. Um, and then beating Wisconsin on the road, 
Um, I mean, that Purdue is is a force to be reckoned with. Purdue is so so good. I, this is the favorite um, to win. I think my favorite to win it all right now. They they just they're doing things that they didn't do last year. Being able to win at Wisconsin in the fashion that they did in an ugly game um, when when Wisconsin just wouldn't go away. That's a that's a game that Purdue loses last year, and that's a game that Purdue loses to a 16 seed in in the tournament last year. And I think that game and the Northwestern game really showed a lot of growth with this Purdue team um, and shows why they are built different to compete better in the tournament this year um, and to make a run at it. Now there's Wisconsin, who is coming off two losses, um, really through the hardest part of their schedule. Um, and I think you can take a lot of encouragements from those games. I know it's lost, but I think you can take a lot of positives from them. And they're going into a very, very easy, easy portion of their schedule. They play Michigan and then Rutgers for their next two games. And I'm not sure who after that, but I know it, it, it gets really light, and especially because the Big Ten's not very deep. Wisconsin is going to be just fine. They'll have time to to work it out um, and really just bounce back. And they, they'll be up there, I think, ranked um, um, pretty highly coming into uh, into the tournament. I think a a two to three seed is where I would project them to go right now. Um, but, yeah, this is a very good Wisconsin team, another team that has a very healthy combination of old and young. Um, and I, I just think that this team has can definitely – make a run in the tournament especially like it's so important to have balance uh just in age on your team um and i think that's that's something that wisconsin really has going for them now another top 10 matchup we had three top 10 matchups this weekend um another one was tennessee versus kentucky and you want to talk about high scoring this game no overtime 103 to 92 Tennessee wins and look Tennessee just Kentucky couldn't stop them um they they couldn't which to be fair Tennessee uh, Tennessee couldn't really stop Kentucky I mean Dillingham with 35 points he's on an unbelievable run I think over his last three four games he's averaging like 26 27 points a game um but credit Tennessee for still finding a way to, to just score more um and to fight through that at Rupp Arena at Kentucky um Dalton Connect so good. Ziegler had a heck of a game with 26 points. Um, Tennessee feels like they have the edge on Kentucky lately. Um, if you watch them last year, it seems like they're the team that plays with more of an edge. They play a little more aggressive than Kentucky. They play a little meaner. Um, like they wanted a little bit more. And I think that really does show on the court. I think that is the difference um, between Tennessee and Kentucky right now. I think Kentucky probably has more talent uh, all around. They definitely do than Tennessee. But something about the way this Tennessee team plays with with uh, ferociousness to just attack the ball and, and not they're not afraid of anyone. Um, Tennessee is, is a force to be reckoned with. However... They're, I, I, I would predict Kentucky to go further than Tennessee just because I think Kentucky's built for a better tournament run than Tennessee is. Um, but, I mean, they just – it really does look like there's a difference in just masculinity 
on the court almost uh, different in, in aggression and in, in care, maybe not masculinity, but a, a different in care for um, a different in their want to win. Um, and I think that's just, that's what separates Tennessee and Kentucky right now. Cause we know it's not talent. Um, and the reason I think Tennessee might not be able to make it as far in the tournament is when Dalton connect doesn't score, this team is vulnerable. And we've seen it all the time with teams that have one great player. If he gets shut down in a tournament game, the season's over. Um, and so I think that's something to definitely keep an eye on with, with Tennessee uh, going forward. And once we start making our brackets, but, um, but yeah, it was, that was a great game. That was a lot of points and Tennessee was just running away with it. It was a chippy game for sure. Um, but a fun one, uh, nonetheless. Um, UConn beat St. John's this weekend. I mean, the Big East is is more of a down weekend in the Big East, but St. John's has been hot, and it was at St. John's. Big win for UConn. UConn is so consistent. Um, it really feels like Purdue and UConn have just separated themselves from the rest of the pack. Um, this is still obviously a race in uh, the Big East. Uh, there is there is a race for for the win, but UConn has a two a two game lead on Marquette, and Creighton's you know. A three game lead on Creighton. And I think this is the order of the stands is the order of this conference. I think it does go UConn, Marquette, Creighton. And look, I think Creighton's a really good team, but I think they could really use Ryan Neemhard this year. Um, they have so much talent on their roster, um, but I think they're missing just a few pieces. And this is a team like I Creighton, I think can definitely win uh, and go far in the tournament, but I don't, trust them with the consistency of the regular season to overtake UConn in the Big East race. Uh, Marquette's the only team that I would maybe hope for, but this UConn team is so well coached and they play so together and with their identity. And it's just, it is unreal uh, what they have been able to do this year after losing I think three of their top scorers last year. That's a huge credit to Bobby Hurley um, and the train that they have rolling over there. And he might be, you know, in a year where, look, Roy Williams is gone. Coach K is gone. We don't really have that that great, great coach, that all-timer. Like, we don't have a Nick Saban uh, in our sport uh, of college basketball. We don't have that guy that we know. I mean, both both sports are out of their, their goats of coaching. Um I don't think Tom Izzo is at that level. He's an amazing Hall of Fame coach um, and deserves a lot of recognition, but he's not at that level of the GOAT of, of college basketball coaching. Um, and maybe Bobby Hurley, if he can, he's definitely not there. But if he can continue this run, win back-to-back championships and continue to develop and create a, a dynasty of, um, with UConn, he is the one that I think has the chance to be a Coach K. Um, he has a chance to be him. He is not him, but he has a chance to be him. Uh, big difference there. So keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on that storyline for UConn. But it, is, it has been a pleasure um, to watch UConn this year. We got a lot of really good upcoming games um, this week. And I know it's, look, it's Super Bowl week, Waste Management week. There's a lot of things, a lot of things on TV can, competing for, for your time and, and viewing, but 
while those games are happening, there's still college basketball games happening and some really, really good games um, happening this weekend uh, and, and just this week. So the first one I got, we have uh, on tonight, uh, Wednesday, February 7th. So by the time you uh, hear this, this game will have already happened. But Alabama has been on absolute tear lately. Um, they're 8-1 and one in the SEC, and they just keep winning. They have finally climbed all the way up to number 16 in the country. Uh, and they were playing an Auburn team who was very, very good at Auburn. And, look, we know how much Alabama and Auburn hate each other. And we know it's – look, it's still mostly football, but these people down south, they don't care what sport it is. They just want to beat each other. They hate each other. So this is going to be a very, very fun game tonight. Um, 7 o'clock Eastern, Alabama, Auburn, and two very highly ranked teams fighting um, – to for first place in the SEC, um, and and Auburn they need sort of a prove it kind of yeah we are that good win um, they need to prove to everyone and make a statement that they're not just um, they're not just a product of a bad non conference schedule. This is actually a really good team, and and I do believe that Auburn is a very good team, but. You gotta sometimes at some point you just gotta win the games and you gotta beat the really good teams. So huge one tonight, Auburn versus Alabama, um, which will do a lot uh, in terms of the long term uh, race in the SEC. Next big game we have, um, and I just think it's a big game: Illinois at Michigan State. Michigan State has underwhelmed to say the least this year. Maddie Sissoko is not playing great. Um, there are other big guys. I think it's Cooper. Um, they're just, their minutes are dwindling for, for some reason. This team looks disconnected. Izzo's clearly just unhappy. Almost seems like angry. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird feeling down there in East Lansing. And, and the number 10 team is coming into East Lansing and, Look, if you're you're Michigan State, you're in danger of missing the tournament right now. You are in real danger, and you need to get that win. You need to get that win like they had against Baylor. They need another one of those because they just lost to Minnesota in a ugly, ugly loss. A bad, not a great Minnesota team in an ugly loss. You have to make a statement, and you cannot lose on your home court against Illinois. This is an enormous opportunity for you to make a statement, but it's also could be just the final nail um, in the coffin for Michigan State. They, it is, it has been an underwhelming season. It seems like this team is, is just not connected at all. Um, but we've always come accustomed to Michigan State making a late run um, to get themselves in the tournament. And I think this is the game that kind of tells us it's, it's put up or shut up. Is Michigan State going to do what they always do and make a late run and get in the tournament, or? Are they? Do they just not have it this year? I mean, if we've just watched the games, like I would say, they don't have it this year. But um, I think this is the the game that truly tells us um, what that run will look like for Michigan State, and if we have hope in this team, um, I will be rooting for Illinois. Obviously, I mean, actually, I hate. I don't like Illinois basketball either. It's. Uh, I hope. I hope they both lose. But it is. It is a very important game this weekend that uh, also does a lot for um, just the outlook of Michigan State making the tournament. And they I think they have one of 
I think Kansas has the longest tournament streak, but Michigan State is up there. They, they might have the longest. Uh, I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, and then the last, I would say, just phenomenal game that we have this weekend is Baylor at Kansas. We, we saw last weekend. It's really hard to win at Kansas. It's really hard. But Baylor is hot. Baylor's hot right now. They're winning a lot of games. Um, they are still fighting for first place, and they are more than capable of going into Allen Fieldhouse and beating Kansas, especially, especially with the fact that we don't know which Kansas team will show up this weekend. Um, so those are games. Uh, those three games, I think, are the ones that, you know, you have a lot of things competing for your time this weekend. Um, Super Bowl Sunday, so Saturday you should have time to watch some of these college basketball games. Um, Alabama at Auburn Wednesday. I mean, you all have already watched at that at this point. Illinois at MSU Saturday, and then Baylor at Kansas Saturday. I think that is your guide um, to the most impactful games of the weekend, um, especially leading into March. Um, so yeah, that is uh, college basketball right now, and 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 the way I see it, and and just again, just blessed. Uh, with the weekend that we were able to have in college basketball league last weekend and, and just the games and, and honestly the state of the sport um, with how spread out and how many good teams there are. You have, you have teams that are going to lose to unranked teams that it's actually not as bad as a rank to an unranked loss because you're splitting hairs with so many teams. It's so, college basketball is so balanced. So um, as a fan, as a team, uh, when you lose this year, it's it's – you can't dwell on it too much. It's like, it is what it is this year. Uh, and you just got to put your head down and, and work and move to the next game. Cause it is a very tough season. Um, and there are going to be lots of losses. Um, and you're just going to have to fight, uh, and fight every single night. It's, it's going to be a, a tough year to win it all. Um, but that's just the way it is in the sport. Um, in this day and age. So we had some news in college football. Um, the first one I would say is, uh, which I think is important uh, for the timeline, the NCAA n- notifies Tennessee of some violations that they are continuing to investigate and some allegations on the recruitment, the um, improper use of NIL for Nico Lamet. I, I don't know how to say his last name exactly, but they... Uh, he, he got a bag and the NCAA is, is for some reason trying to tell them that it wasn't allowed, but the NCAA also didn't make any rules on how NIL will be used. And that is why we are in this position we are in because they have been incredibly reactive and not proactive in handling the NIL situation. Um, and look, Tennessee has, faced allegations and and honestly been indicted for things in the past few years. So if they were to get found guilty in this situation, they would be a repeat offender, which would make this punishment quite, quite greater than the last one and would really, really hinder this program. So Tennessee then, along with the state, the state of Tennessee, along with the state of Virginia, files uh, basically just suing the NCAA um, for almost incompetent leadership, I guess you would say that the fact that there, you can't do this to us because there are no rules that you put in place, which is a hundred percent true. The NCAA is a bunch of whiny babies who did not make any rules on, uh, NIL. So 
look, you just have to go and use it without rules, without guidelines, and it's going to be very muddy and messy because there are no rules put in place by the people who are supposed to be looking out for and running this sport. So this leads to, obviously, Tennessee is going to fight. They are going to win, and this is going to also lead to a very decreased role, um, just further cementing the NCAA um, and their, their downfall. But now you look at what the SEC and the Big Ten announced. And this had been in works for a little bit, but the SEC and the Big Ten announced an alignment. So they're not coming together. They're not a joint conference. Um, but it's almost like a, like when two countries just announce that, hey, we're allies. We got each other's back, and we are, we're bringing ourselves together to make ourselves more powerful. Um, and essentially, I do think this is a response to SEC and the Big Ten are by far, without a doubt, no questions asked, the two most powerful and best conferences uh, in this sport right now. Um, they are the power two, and that's just the way it is. They are the best, um, and they carry the most weight. Um, individually, they do. So when they come together, it means that they're trying to preserve their sport um, and their fight against the NCAA. And when they unify, it is it creates an opponent for the NCAA that I think is way too big to overcome. Um, and it is something that I think the NCAA will definitely be afraid of, something that the NCAA will not be able to fight. Um, and they will make them, I would say, lead um, in a place of fear, uh, from, 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 a, from a, a lens of fear. And because they're going to have to walk on eggshells because they might be in charge or they might, their their title might say they're in charge, but with this SEC and big 10 alignment, they're not in charge anymore. They, the SEC and the big 10 run the sport now um, because they are the the two power conferences working together. um, And they have all of the leverage against the NCAA. Now they have the programs that are making the most money. They have everything, every piece of leverage. And it just further leads to the annihilation of the NCAA. Um, I think that's a good thing. I think there's going to be a lot of sad things that come with that. Um, Just with the program, the the sport of college is is caring more and more about money. Um, And as that happens... I think there will sadly start to be some evaluations of sports that aren't bringing in money that before it was, they were being subsidized by the sports that do make money. And I think that, I mean, it's going to be sad when I think some sports who aren't revenue generating sports in college um, are no longer around. And that's a lot less scholarships, a lot less college athletes, memories and, and that is a very sad aspect of this situation. And I hope we can come to a solution where that doesn't have to be the outcome. But it seems like a way that we are unfortunately headed. Um, and that's a sad part of it. Um, the good part of it is we are continuing to take steps towards um, a less incon- incompetent rule um, of the, uh, the, the NCAA is, is coming to an end. And their um, incredibly stupid decision-making will be no more. I think we will start to see more common sense. 
um, decisions. I think we will see the landscape and the scheduling of college football specifically begin to change. And I think that is all very encouraging for uh, just the fan, for the programs, for the coaches. I think we will get more talented coaches staying and coming to college football college football. Um, and I think it is a very encouraging step forward. There will be some sad things, um, some, some poor consequences that come with it. Um, but there's also going to be some, some very great things that come with it. And I think we are in a good spot. I think the sport, um, is in a place to move forward. And I think this also bleeds into everything, basketball, everything. I think we are in a transition phase the transition phase is always going to be bumpy and hard but i think we are in a good place moving forward so that's this week's episode um we have a lot of this is this is just a weekend of sports um that you wait for all year i mean you have the super bowl parties uh the waste management we have um, some really good college basketball games, and some NBA games if, if you're into that. And and it is a very very fun weekend. You're gonna eat a lot of good food at your Super Bowl party. But um, yeah, just make sure uh, you are enjoying it, especially if you are uh, doing it with others. Um, let's just have a good time, have some good vibes. Well, Jeff and I will release some bets um, this weekend, and uh, let's make some money. And we will see you next time for a degree in sports.